I had uh, a once in a lifetime, maybe once in a lifetime experience this week. And if you follow me on social media, you saw it. And I was like, I got to work this into an illustration. <laughs> and if you're a golf fan, this will mean something to you. I got to take my son, Owen, my oldest, to the Wednesday's practice round of the Masters Ooh. tournament. Yeah. A family friend gave us tickets. Uh, favor ain't fair, I know. <laughs> I'm kidding, messing with you. Um, but we, somebody gave us, family friend gave us tickets uh, several months ago before we ever knew. If you're not a golf fan, this may not mean too much to you. Um, but uh, it's, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like getting to visit Jerusalem. It's for a Christian. Like it's for a golfer. It's, are y'all with me? It's like hollowed ground. Are you following me? Like I walk on it. I felt the presence of God when I got there. I'm joking. I'm, I'm not trying to be sacred. I just, anyways, it was this amazing experience and I got to do it with my son. And, um, and you can't take a cell phone on the course. Like they will ban you from it. So you have to leave it in your, so it's, it was this like throwback in time where everyone was engaged in the moment. No one was walking around looking down. It was this incredible experience. We're walking and I'm like, oh, and this isn't at artificial turf. This is real grass. Every blade of grass is in place. Every azalea bush is perfectly bloomed. Are y'all following me? Like, like everything is manicured. There's no divots. Every divot has been fixed. I think there's like little ninjas that come out and fix the divots as soon as someone swings a club. I mean, we were walking across. There was even one moment where I was like, what are these air vents? I asked someone that worked there, what are these air vents all over the place? And, um, and, and the course in different places, and they go, oh, it's the underground drying system. <laughs> they had three inches of rain on Tuesday and it was barely felt wet on Wednesday because there's an underground drying system that dries out the entire course, y'all. Like this was an unbelievable experience. And then we get there and I knew that Tiger, and if it doesn't mean anything to you, Tiger Woods, he's a golfer, probably the greatest of all time, but um, it may not mean much to you, but we looked on the board that Tiger had teed off at eight. We got there like 8.25. We walked straight to hole like 14 or 15 and we walked the rest of the course through 18, just watching Tiger and uh, this close and, and walked by and Owen ended up on PGA Tour's Instagram account because they were taking a picture of Tiger, really Owen, but Tiger got in the shot. <laughs> so he's like, dad, I'm famous. And I was like, yeah, and Tiger's blocking my face. I don't even look like I'm there. All you can see is the outline of my gray hair coming in. But it was this amazing experience. But here's what happened is when I left, um, I, I told everybody about it. Like every, I had conversations this morning that they were like, what was it like? And I went through the whole thing. I was like, there's this drying system and the turf was unbelievable. And I got to follow Tiger and, and watch him swing and his arms are as big as my head. And like, it was this whole thing. And then I got to go watch the part three. And I like, I was like, I, I, I can't wait. I bought Jonas a little master's golf polo. And he's like, he may sport it next week. And like, like the whole thing was, and here's what I realized. I was thinking about this this morning actually is, in, in relation to this message is that they paid me nothing and I became their witness. I've got no sponsorships. I'm sharing this story with thousands of people this morning about what I experienced, Every, the hospitality, the decor, the people, the, the whole experience was unbelievable. And everyone I've talked, I mean, I posted on it and 20,000 people on my IG, they're like, are y'all with me? Like, and, and I don't get a dime. Like the masters didn't hook me up with gear. I had to pay for it. Are y'all with me? And I started thinking about how I've become a brand ambassador for the Augusta National Golf Course and I'm getting nothing for it and they've done nothing for me. 
But Jesus has changed my life. And now my calling and responsibility is to be a witness. Are you with me? Here's what I want to talk to you about today, and I want to show you why it's so important in the Palm Sunday story is this, is that I don't know your complete assignment in the earth. I don't know the specifics of what God has called you to. You have to pray and figure that out with the Lord. But here's what I do know, that a part of your assignment, a part of every person's assignment on the planet that knows Jesus is to be a witness, is to be a witness. See, the two greatest days of your life are the day you were born and the day you figure out why. And most people live their life never knowing why. They, they, they go through life trying all kinds of things. So it's career to career or it's, or it's in one cubicle for 30 years and they get to the end and go, what do I really do with my life? Because most people never answer the question, why did God put me on the planet? Because we believe and the Bible teaches you were born on purpose with a purpose. And so there's a reason that you're on this planet. And I don't know all the details, but I do know this one reason you're here. If you've encountered Jesus, if you've walked on the lush greens of his goodness, you're called to be a witness. And I think we see the why in the story of Palm Sunday. If you're with me, say amen. I want us to look at Matthew chapter 22. We see this Palm Sunday. If you're new to church or 21, you're new to church and maybe you're like, what are they talking about Palm Sunday? And this is this Sunday, it's, it's seven days before the resurrection of Jesus, this holy week. This is the entrance into Jerusalem. Jesus has been outside of Jerusalem. He's making his way to Jerusalem for the purpose of being crucified. That, that's the only reason he had to go to Jerusalem was to fulfill the prophecy that he would give his life and he would rise again three days later to give us the opportunity at eternal life. And, and so this is this encounter. If you're with me, say amen. Matthew 21, the Bible says, as they approached Jerusalem and came into Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, if you ever go with me to Jerusalem, you'll stand on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt by her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them. Jesus is like, they're just on loan. I just need them for a minute. And he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. The prophet in the Old Testament said, say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. Now, Jesus wasn't like straddling two animals trying to ride them, all right? That's not the picture here. He was, he, they, they put cloaks on both of them. He rode on the donkey. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and they spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, this is the palm branches. Um, this is the, the, the 
other tree branches. This is the cloaks. This is why they call it Palm Sunday. And those who ran ahead of him, they shouted this, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And so uh, picture this with me for just a moment. Jesus is making his way into Jerusalem. He's coming over the Mount of Olives. You've ever seen any pictures of the old city of Jerusalem? You've probably seen the picture and it's taken from the Mount of Olives, looking at the old city with the uh, with the um, Temple Mount and that gold dome. Are y'all following me? The gold dome that's in the picture. Okay, that p- point of view, they're standing on the Mount of Olives taking that picture. And so Jesus is coming over that Mount of Olives. He's coming down through the valley. It's called the Kidron Valley. I'm not trying to get too like book study with you, but the Kidron Valley and he's coming up and this is where they're laying palm branches down and they're, they're declaring this, Hosanna to the son of David, a whole crowd, so much so that by the time they get in to Jerusalem, there's a lot of commotion and people are like, what is going on here? So this is the scene. If you're with me, say amen. And so I want to show you four things of why it's so important that you and I are called and need to fulfill our calling to be witnesses. All right. Number one, if you're a note taker, write this down. If not, write it down. Number one is this, is the nest, the message needs a carrier. It's so important that you're a witness and that you take on this responsibility of being a witness because the message needs a carrier. The Bible says this, that Jesus came into Jerusalem and before he did, he told his disciples, go get a donkey for me to ride in on. Now, here's the significance of that is that Jesus is making the type of entry that was common to a king. Kings were the one, great warriors were the one that whenever they entered into a city after a battle or when a king was coming into a city, those were the ones where palm branches were laid down and cloaks were laid down. This was the reception of a king. And a king would have rode in on on a horse, a stallion. He would have rode in on a well-bred horse, uh, one of strength, one of, of towering over the people, one that, that made a statement. Are y'all with me? Like when, this king, when a king would come in or a warrior, they didn't come in on like a show pony. Are y'all following me? They didn't come in on a cute little looking. Like they came in on something that said, I'm here, I'm large, and I'm in charge. Are y'all following me? But it's interesting to me that Jesus decides to come in on a donkey. So he doesn't ride into town on the back of notoriety. He rides in on the back of humility. This is a picture of how Jesus operates. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That's John chapter one, verse 11 says, and the word became flesh and he dwelled among us. So if you wanna see the word, if you wanna see Jesus, look at the word. If you wanna see the word, you will see Jesus. Are you following me? So the picture is this, that this king who is King Jesus, who had every right to be on a really statement of a horse kind of piece, who had every right to have all the fanfare, took the humble road and the word that became flesh got on the back of a donkey and he was driving into Jerusalem on the back of a humble animal because the message is always needed a carrier. And some of us think that we are not qualified to be carriers of this gospel message because we look at our brokenness and we look at our failures and we look at our imperfections. And I just wanna say to you today that the message is perfect, although the messenger is not always 
always perfect, that Jesus, King Jesus, and the beautiful gospel of Jesus comes on the back of humility. That we aren't called to come in with our blowhorns and, and our megaphones and our, we've got it all together. That's not the calling. That I promise you there is a world that is desperately in need of the gospel message and they will listen and receive it if it's not given in arrogance. If it's not given as if we have it all together. That it's not given as if that we know it all and we've arrived at some moral superior place. Well, pastor, this, this culture isn't open to the gospel anymore. No, they're not open to idiots. They're not open to arrogance. They're not open to judgmental, know-it-all people. That when the gospel message is carried on the back of humility, you'd be surprised how many people are open to it. Are there some that will be outraged? Yes, because we live in a culture where there is a percentage of people that are addicted to outrage. They need it to survive. They're looking for something to be outraged about. I'm not talking about that small percentage. I'm talking about your uncle. If the gospel was brought on the back of humility, probably would listen. Talking about the coworker in the cubicle beside you, if, if the gospel, if the carrier carried it on the back of humility, they'd probably give you a hearing. The person in homeroom with you, if, if the gospel was carried on the back of humility, probably be open to an invitation. The message has always needed a carrier. And I'm not saying you're a donkey. <laughs> but just maybe the world around us would be more open if the church would think about themselves not much more than a donkey. And we carried the message on the back of humility. The message is always needed a carrier. The Bible says this in Acts chapter 1. It says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my, come on, say it again. You'll be my what? In Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Listen to me. All of you are carriers today. I was a carrier of the experience of the masters. And it didn't change my life for eternity. Are you with me? You're, you're often a carrier of the greatest restaurant you just ate at. You do this in every area of your life is what I'm trying to say. Shouldn't you do it the most when it comes to the message that has changed your life the most. Are you with me? Number two, write this down. The opportunity is limited. He, he, he didn't need the donkey very long. 
He wouldn't be in Jerusalem very long. It was a limited opportunity. It was a limited window. How many of you know that, that opportunities of a lifetime, there's also a lifetime to the opportunity? Have you ever experienced this? I don't know how many times Tammy and I have done, like we purge on a regular. Like we do spring cleaning in the winter. We do spring cleaning at the end of the winter. We do spring cleaning. Are you following me? Like I'm always throwing away toys. If there is a piece of a toy that is not with the one it's supposed to be and I find it randomly in the trash. Because then when I find the other piece, I'll be like, doesn't have its match in the trash. It's a strategy I have to constantly purge on an ongoing basis. Are y'all with me? Now, you don't have four kids, don't worry about it. You may not need to do that, but I'm just constantly purging all the time. And so we'll go through drawers. And have you ever found a gift card in a drawer that someone gave you and you forgot about it? Are y'all with me? We do this on the regular and we're like, oh, it expired. Or let's call and see if there's anything on it and see if it has expired yet. And we call the people and often they're like, I'm so sorry, it's not valid anymore. Which I'm like, you have the money, why is it not valid? Like, did the money run out? And so like, but it's not valid anymore because how many of you know that there's a lifetime to opportunities? And it's not that we didn't have every good intention of going and getting it on the schedule, but just life happens and this come up and then you gotta go to this and you gotta go to that. And then in the middle of all of it, then you get to, and you're like, oh, I missed the opportunity to use this gift card to this thing or this hotel or this restaurant or whatever it is, because there's a lifetime to the opportunity. They only needed the donkey for a little bit because Jesus was about to die, be resurrected and ascend back to heaven. And can I tell you something? There is a lifetime to the opportunity of inviting people to meet Jesus. There's a, there's a lifetime to it. John chapter nine, verse four says this. It says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day for night is coming when no one can work. And I never, I never, I, I never want to be a preacher that preaches because I, out of fear because I think fear is a horrible motivator. But I also don't ever want to be one that doesn't bring us to reality. And the reality is this, is that the Bible says your life is but a vapor. You're here today and then you are gone tomorrow. You are not promised your next breath. You're not promised your next day. You're not promised tomorrow. Some of you are like, just let me get engaged. That was always my prayer, Lord. Let me get engaged, married, and at least have a of a year of marriage, then come back, take me home, kill me in car. I don't care what you gotta do. Just, you know, cause I saved myself for my wife. I was like. We waited, give us a year, Lord. But the Bible, the reality is this, is that our life is here today and it's gone tomorrow. And so there, there is an urgency there's an urgency to what we're doing. There's an urgency to you being a witness. Like God has placed you in the places that he's put you for a reason. You're on that job, not, not just to fulfill a role and have a career and provide for your family and all those things are wonderful, but God's put you there to be a witness 
of the goodness of God in your life. Well, pastor, I haven't gone to a class and I don't know if Jesus has changed your life, you can tell your story. You can go, well, I walked on the grounds and the greens looked like AstroTurf, but it was real. And there was an air ventilating system underneath. And, and I looked at the azalea bushes and they were beautiful and perfect. All you can do is tell your story. Are you following me? If, G, if you can tell a story, you can tell your story that Jesus has touched you and changed you. I used to be this and now I'm this. I'm not where I wanna be, but I'm not where I used to be. And God has put you in the places he's put you for that purpose. You are to be his witness. But I can tell you, you've gotta do the works of him who sent you while the day is day. For night is coming. There's coming a moment where you won't have opportunity. And again, I, I think fear is a motive, horrible motivator, but I want you to have the reality. There will be a day when you can't tell that coworker anymore about Jesus. There will be a day where you cannot let your husband or your spouse or your child know about Jesus and the priority of him in your life. There will come a moment where there's no other opportunity because the window is closing. And there are people living today with tons of regrets who had great intentions. But you've got to move past great intentions. You've got to move to the place of realizing I have a limited opportunity here. I have limited opportunity to make a difference for Christ. I have a limited opportunity to spend my life for what really matters the most, and that is people knowing Jesus. So I'd ask you this question, who in your life is close to you, but they're far from God? Who in your life is close to you, but they're far from God? I'm sure you could think of a number of names. And I would propose that God put you in their life to be a witness. And it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. And the only appropriate response is obedience. The Bible says that the disciples went at once and did what Jesus said. Anytime Jesus says anything, our only appropriate response is obedience. He said, go and make disciples of all the nations. What's our appropriate response? Obedience. Yes, sir. On it. And sometimes we think, all right, I'll sign up for a mission strip. No, 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 no. Why would you go around the world when you can go across the street? You may need to sign up and it'll change your life forever. But maybe the starting point is across the hallway. Maybe the starting point is across the driveway. I've never understood why people would fly halfway around the world to do what they could do in their own neighborhood. 
Obedience is the only appropriate response. The Bible says this in James. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away immediately forgets what he looks like. It's, it's like this. Anyone who hears the word and doesn't do it is like someone that it goes in one ear and out the other. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. Somebody shout, doing it. Listen to the promise. They will be blessed in what they do. They'll be blessed in what they do. How powerful is that? You want to live a blessed life? Then simply do what the word says. Well, pastor, I don't know. I don't know how... Let me give you a real simple, you ready to write this down, real simple, two words. Every one of you can invest and every one of you can invite. That's it. You can invest and you can invite. Well, don't I need to go to a class on how to like, no, the Bible says that whenever Peter met Jesus, he went and got his brother Andrew and Andrew asked him his questions. He goes, I don't know, just come and see. What if they ask me the hard question? Do what I do when I don't know the answer. I don't know. But come see Jesus. Just come see Jesus. Are you with me? Every one of you can invest in a relationship and, and you have relationships you've already invested in. And some of you, every one of you can invite. I had someone stopped me on the way into service day and said, been inviting for three years. They said yes next Sunday. Been inviting three years. The invite's coming next Sunday. I know what they meant. Don't screw up next week. I said, I'll make sure it's good. I'll do my very best. Invest and invite. What would it look like? And I tell you, church, church is different for you when someone is sitting beside you that's far from God. You think about it different, you look at it different, you care about it differently. What would it look like if next week wasn't just another Easter Sunday? But it was the Sunday that every person brought some. I'm not talking about go get somebody that goes to another church that knows Jesus. Let them go to their church, leave them alone. Come see mine, it's cool. No, leave them alone. Go to your church. Support your house. Talking about people far from God that need to know the love of Jesus. What would it look like? Because here's the reality. Last thought. Write this down. Everyone needs a Savior. Everyone needs a Savior. Everyone needs a Savior. Did you hear me? Everyone needs a Savior. The wealthiest people you know that look like they could pay any problem away need a savior. The most down and out person that you would think, well, they really need Jesus, they need a savior. Person that's coasting through life and seems like everything's going in their direction. The person that seems like everything is not going in their direction. Everyone 
needs a savior. You haven't met a person that doesn't need a savior. It's not a person on the planet who has breath in their lungs that doesn't need a savior because here's the reality. Just as sin entered the world through one man, that's being Adam, and death through sin, because that's where sin leads us to death. And in this way, death came to all people. Somebody shout all people. All of us, because all sin. Everyone needs a savior because everyone needs a solution for this problem right here. And they try to spend money to solve this problem and they try to find pleasure to solve this problem and they try to another career, another promotion, accept it into the right school, another drug, another binge, something to solve this problem and we have the answer of life. Everyone needs a savior. And your one invitation could be the thing that changes somebody's life. And this isn't just, oh, it's the Sunday before Easter and I want to get as many people in the building as you possibly can and so you're going to preach a message. No, last Sunday I closed out a series on Romans 8. And the last thought was this, is that, that I can't lose. I don't know if you were here, hopefully you remember it. And I talked about how there were more than conquerors and what that meant and how that in the end we can't lose and that when the dust settles, even if our body fades away, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And then Tammy got this text from a a lady in our church. It says, today in the sermon, Pastor Daniel took a moment to expand on winning because we win in the end. He said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That really spoke to both of us at that moment, this lady and her sister, because her sister has a friend who was in the hospital battling for her life. And although we know that promise to be true, to hear it in that moment was powerful. After the sermon, my sister said she was at peace with whatever God's will was for her friend. Unbeknownst to us, within minutes of him preaching that part of the message, her friend was taking her very last breath. And in his mighty presence, the text says, I mean, within five minutes of that part of the message, if not closer. She doesn't end there. She says the most important part of this whole story, her friend accepted Jesus a couple of years ago after an invite to LifePoint Church. She was baptized just a couple of visits later. She brought her granddaughter and they got baptized together. Praise God, she's home with our Lord and Savior. Now, this lady has been in the presence of Jesus for seven days right now because somebody in her life 
cared enough to invest and simply invite. Didn't wait for the right moment. Didn't think it would disrupt their Easter lunch plans if that person came. Didn't care about going out of their way, sending the text, asking again. They didn't sit and go, this is inconvenient or they've already told me no once or what if they'd reject me again? No, 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 just kept inviting. Because of an invite, when she breathed her last breath last Sunday to be absent from her body, she was in the presence of the Lord. Who in your life do you know that's close to you but they're far from God? Next Sunday is your greatest opportunity. Out of the entire year next to Christmas, for someone to say yes to an invitation to church. They're just waiting for someone to invite them. And so here's my charge to you. I know you've got plenty going on in your life. And I know some of you are dealing with hurts and Stressors and things happened this week that overwhelmed you, but here's, here's my ask. For seven days, could you make it about somebody that if they breathed their last, they wouldn't be in the presence of Jesus? For seven days, can you just get up every day going, God, help me to make today about somebody that doesn't know you? just for this week. I'm not asking for your entire year, just asking for seven days. And just maybe, just maybe, they would say yes. And they would end up sitting beside you next week. And when the gospel is given, and I won't embarrass you, I'll do my very best. But when the gospel is given, maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit will so move in their life that they'll place their faith in Jesus and their eternity will be forever changed. But the message needs a carrier, they need a witness. And what we're witnessing about is better than any golf tournament. And the opportunity is limited, not everybody's promised tomorrow. And obedience is our only appropriate response because everyone you meet needs Savior. So what would it look like if every single one of us simply invested, simply invited? I believe lives would be forever changed. Do you receive the word today? Will you pray with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. At every location, I don't know your story. I don't know what brought you in this place today, but what I do know is that everybody needs a savior. And maybe you're here today and you've experienced religion, but you've never experienced a relationship with Jesus. Your life has never been changed by that great news. Then today I wanna give you the opportunity to do that because your life is a vapor. You're not promised tomorrow.
And so if you stood before God today, do you know that you know, do you have confidence that heaven would be your home? If not, I want you to know you can, and you can right now in this moment. So in just a moment, we're gonna pray together. We do this every week out loud. Before we do that, I'm gonna count to three. And if that's you, I just wanna know who I'm praying with, our campus pastors. No one else is looking around. Wouldn't embarrass you, not gonna come to you. But if you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I need a fresh start today. I wanna know my sins are forgiven. I need a new beginning. If that's you, when I get to three, you just shoot your hand up high enough and long enough for us to see. And then we're gonna pray together out loud together. So on three, this is your moment. You just shoot it up. I believe when you shoot your hand up, it's your act of faith saying, I I want this, I need this. And I believe God sees it. So you shoot it up on three. One, two, three, shoot it up high. God bless you. God bless you, I see you in the very back. God bless you, I see you. Awesome, you can put them down. Church, let's pray this out loud together at every location, even online for the benefit of those who just slipped their hand up. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, everybody said a big amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who made that decision. It's awesome. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.